Welcome to Great Stories in American History with Rebecca Price Janney. Today, we will be talking about Harry Truman and the founding of modern Israel. In May 1948, Israel became an independent state after wandering throughout the world since Rome destroyed Jerusalem in AD 70. A persecuted group through the centuries, the Jews had just suffered the most unspeakable loss of all, Hitler's slaughter of six million men, women, and children. Their need to return to their homeland was more urgent than ever. Although the founding of modern Israel occurred on the other side of the world from the United States, an American president played an instrumental role in it. In fact, the story reads a bit like that of Queen Esther, whom God raised up to save the Jews from Haman's plot to annihilate them. At first she acted reluctantly, but was finally persuaded by her uncle Mordecai that God had raised her up for such a time as this. Harry S. Truman, the S doesn't stand for anything, by the way, took the oath of office on April 12th, following the death of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. A little over a week later, on the morning of the 20th, Rabbi Stephen S. Wise visited President Truman in the Oval Office. As chairman of the American Zionist Emergency Council, Wise was particularly eager to secure Truman's support for a Jewish state. The new president looked forward to the meeting. He had been interested in the land of Palestine-slash-Israel since his youth, partly because of its connection to the Bible, and partly because it had always provided a dynamic backdrop to human history. Rabbi Wise began their discussion by pointing out the dire necessity for a Jewish homeland as World War II drew to its dramatic close. Truman said, I knew the things that had happened to the Jews in Germany, although he didn't, as he would realize later, know the whole tragic story. That day, he pledged to Wise that America would do everything in its power to turn Israel's dream of statehood into reality. The rabbi politely pointed out that President Truman might meet with resistance from many people in the government, particularly the State Department's Middle East experts. Truman explained that he had already heard from them and had told those striped pants boys in no uncertain terms that while he was president, he, and not they, would be making foreign policy. Their job, he said, was to carry it out, and if there were some who didn't like it, they could resign any time they felt like it. Three years later, Israel's goal of statehood was still not accomplished. The formation of a Jewish homeland was put in the hands of the newly formed United Nations, Truman announced his belief that the UN would provide a satisfactory solution. To his dismay, however, the president found himself pressured on all sides by American Zionists. They wanted him to do more than just express confidence that the UN would do the right thing. Harry Truman said the outcry was greater than when he had fired General MacArthur. He finally made it known that he wasn't going to receive any extremists for the Zionist cause, no matter who they were, because he had other matters awaiting. 
The president didn't count on the American Zionists using his old friend and business partner, Eddie Jacobson, to get through to him, however. One day, Jacobson visited Truman in the White House. The president laid the ground rules for their discussion. He said, Eddie, I'm always glad to see old friends, but there's one thing you've got to promise me. I don't want you to say a word about what's going on over there in the Middle East. Jacobson promised that he wouldn't say a thing. As they talked about this and that, Truman discovered to his chagrin that Eddie Jacobson was crying. You promised me you wouldn't say a word about what's going on over there, he reminded his friend. The truth was, Jacobson hadn't said a word. It was just that, every time I think of the homeless Jews, he said, homeless for thousands of years, I start crying. Jacobson also mentioned that his tears were for Chaim Weizmann, who had spent his entire life working for a Jewish homeland, and who now was an old sick man. Weizmann was in New York and asking to see Truman. The president put the brakes on this conversation. They went on to other subjects, but every now and then a great tear rolled down Jacobson's face. Truman said he should have his old friend tossed right out of the Oval Office. You knew good and well I couldn't stand seeing you cry, the president said. Jacobson smiled a little and thanked him, then left. Truman picked up the phone and called the State Department, informing them that he was going to receive Chaim Weizmann. They carried on just as he expected, but the president went through with the visit just the same. On May 14th, the United States officially recognized Israel's statehood, 11 minutes after it was announced. A year later, Israel's chief rabbi visited President Truman at the White House. Like a prophet of old, he told the chief executive, God put you in your mother's womb so that you could be the instrument to bring about the rebirth of Israel after 2,000 years. Truman, like his friend Eddie Jacobson, felt a large tear slide down his cheek. I'm Rebecca Price Janney with Great Stories in American History.